You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through Him, and without Him nothing came to be. What came to be through Him was life. And this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the Word became flesh, and pitched His tent among us. And we saw His glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome everyone. I'm Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and welcome to this edition of the Catholic Fragments podcast concentrating once again on the work of St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, specifically how he understands the gospel of Jesus, the good news. What is so good about this news about Jesus? And the excerpt I want to take today is from a work of St. Thomas called the Summa of the Summa, or in other words, his shorter Summa, And what's meant by summa in Latin is a summary, we would say in English a summary or summation of all of these different theological ideas in the time of St. Thomas Aquinas put together in a well-ordered, systematic way. So at the end of his life, between the years 1272 and 1273, St. Thomas takes up the task of writing a summary of especially his two larger works, the Summa Theologiae and the Summa Contra Gentiles. These two summas, or summaries of theology, are his major works, but the excerpt I'm taking today is from what could be considered a minor, yet very important work that summarizes these major summaries of the Catholic faith. If this makes sense, I hope it does. So, the first excerpt in this work deals with the scope of this Summa of the Summa, the summary of his major summaries of Catholic theology and philosophy. And the words just cut to the heart. They're so striking. They're so beautiful. I could spend all day long reading this, 
work and talking about it with with other people hearing other people's insights about it as well and just having a kind of Lexio Divina exercise about it but this is the kind of thing us theologians love to do to ruminate on these wonderful masterpieces in Catholic theology and philosophy because they guide our minds and our hearts to the living truth who is the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. This is exactly what St. Thomas is talking about in this excerpt. So I'm going to read through it and comment on it as we go along. He begins by saying, To restore man. Already I have to stop here. <laughs> We're wondering again, what is the good news of Jesus? Why do we call it the gospel? Why do we call it the good news? Yes, it has to do with our salvation in every way. Being healed in every way in this life and into the life to come. The gift of eternal life. All of this that we should not take for granted. But often us Christians, us followers of Jesus in the 21st century can tend to take all this for granted. As if this is all in place and now let's worry about all these worldly things. Even when it comes to the life of faith, I can confess for myself that even in doing these podcasts and, and other kind of evangelizing work that I can get caught up in the wrong things. Yesterday, today, compare myself to what other people are doing or just feel a lack of confidence in what I'm trying to do because I'm interpreting everything in this very worldly way. Who's becoming popular? Who's becoming famous? Who's being recognized? Who's being honored and esteemed by colleagues and other people and all this kind of thing? And I want to confess that that is not the point. Yes, I am called to be faithful to the work that God has given me, the mission set before me, and in my case, above all else, is to be a faithful husband and father and to be about this proclaiming of the good news. But it's not some kind of competition with my fellow followers of Christ. It's not about keeping the score and looking on, on the social media and how many likes and how many retweets and, and all these different kind of things. That would be to miss the point, definitely. So always we have to go back to the point of it all. And it is the salvation offered to the world through Jesus Christ. A name itself, Yeshua, that means the Lord's salvation. He is the point. He is the main attraction. He is the event. As St. John Paul II writes in his first encyclical, Redemptor Ominis, the opening line, Jesus Christ is the center of the universe and of history. He is everything. And all of us should be pointing to him and not to ourselves and not to our own projects. And so I make this kind of confession because I need to do so today. It's important. It's important to be a little transparent. And when I do these these podcasts, of course I have all these different moods and recent things that have gone on in my life in the background. And I have to try to lift my spirit and, and talk 
as if my life is nothing coming up but roses. But of course that's not the truth about any of our lives, is it? <laughs> we have challenges. We have things to work through, to overcome. And it's good if we're real with this. Because the whole point of our salvation, it begins with us admitting that we are sinners, that we have failed, that we have messed up, and that actually we are in need of a Savior. This is why we look for a Savior and we find one. We find the Savior in Jesus Christ. This is what St. Thomas Aquinas is talking about here when he begins this passage to restore man, male and female, to restore humanity, to restore what was lost through sin and selfishness and pride and lust and greed and all the major sins. What we lost, what we forfeited, what we look back on our lives and regret that we were sinning or we were worrying about this or that, when we could have been just concentrating on the good news of Jesus the whole time, this God restores to us through Christ. Okay, so let's continue then. St. Thomas, to restore man who had been laid low by sin to the heights of divine glory, the word of the eternal Father, though containing all things within his immensity, willed to become small. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So good, so good. I have three stars next to this, this passage. So good. Willed to become small. So who is the word of the eternal Father? Capital W, word. The eternal Son of the eternal Father who becomes human, who we call Jesus. This is what we heard at the beginning of the Gospel of St. John. In the beginning was the Word. And the Greek word that's translated in English as word is logos, where we also get the English word logic, and is the suffix in many English words like biology, psychology, sociology, theology. Whenever we hear that in English, logi, from the Greek word logos, which can be translated word, but also meaning, teaching, reason, rationality, logic, all these different kinds of things that could be translated in Greek. But word is a pretty comprehensive way of translating this. So the word of the Eternal Father, that is God the Son, though containing all things within His immensity, because he is God, willed to become small, decided, chose, intended to become small, to enter creation, taking on flesh through the virginal conception in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Very small, like all of us human beings began. God, God the Son, which includes the will of God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, one will, a united divine will, wills to become small. This is the redoubled glory, power, 
of God, that God isn't only great, but a greatness revealed in smallness. This is a redoubled greatness. Think of a great athlete, for example, like the basketball player LeBron James. Very tall, muscular man, and has won multiple NBA championships. And we could say, definitely, here is a great athlete. And when he wins the championships, when he performs on the, the main stage of professional basketball, everyone can admire what he's doing there, slam dunking the ball and, and doing many powerful things and raising his arms in victory. Greatness in athletics, definitely. But this greatness would be redoubled if LeBron runs a summer basketball camp for, for small children. And there he is helping the small children dribble the basketball. Now that is greatness redoubled. There's something more magnificent about that. When greatness makes itself small, there is a greater greatness revealed, we could say. Because greatness, simply as greatness, can run into trouble, can be alone, can be selfish doesn't share itself necessarily. But the God revealed in Jesus Christ is a God who is great indeed, but reveals this greatness by becoming small. As the German poet Hölderlin writes, not to encompass the greatest, but to let oneself be encompassed by the smallest. This is divine. So St. Thomas is writing about this truth here. And already this is only one sentence in, but it is magnificent. It is wonderful. It gets at the heart of Catholic Christian theology and God's revelation in Jesus. The greatness of God in all his immensity who wills to become small. He goes on to say, This he did not by putting aside his greatness, but by taking to himself our littleness. Again, a wonderful line. Taking to himself our littleness without losing his greatness because he can't. This is who God is. God is great by definition. And even that is a great understatement. <laughs> so God takes to himself our littleness. This is a divine thing to do. Not to remain distant from the personal creature, but to share in the suffering of the creature. And this God is doing from the beginning. This God is doing when Eden goes wrong with Adam and Eve. This God is doing with the people of Israel through Moses, who stuttered, and his brother Aaron, to liberate the people who are living as slaves, the Hebrew people, from their bondage. Because he says in the book of Exodus chapter 3, I have heard their cry and I have come to set them free to bring about this great exodus out of slavery toward a promised land of peace and security and worship and justice and responsibility and love St. Thomas 
says further, no one can say that he is unable to grasp the teaching of heavenly wisdom. What the word taught at great length. Although clearly, throughout the various volumes of sacred scripture for those who have leisure to study, he has reduced to brief compass for the sake of those whose time is taken up with the cares of daily life. The cares of daily life. How many of you have cares of daily life? Yes, yes, me too. We have a lot of cares and sometimes we don't have as much leisure as we would like to study sacred scripture and these doctors of the church and everything else. Even me as a theologian who get paid to do this. Wow, what an awesome job, by the way. <laughs> it is so great. Um, but what St. Thomas is saying here is even when we don't have all this leisure to study and grasp the teaching of the heavenly wisdom, it comes with conciseness. It comes with a masterful brevity, a noble simplicity. And it's summed up in many ways. He's going to share one of the ways that St. Paul sums up the gospel of Jesus. But if you were to sum up the gospel of Jesus, what might you say? We might go to the Apostles' Creed, for example, which is a great summary of faith, very concise, holds together so many coordinated truths of reason and especially divine revelation. And here St. Thomas puts it this way. What is the good news of Jesus. Man's salvation consists in knowing the truth so that the human mind may not be confused by diverse errors in making for the right goal so that man may not fall away from true happiness by pursuing wrong ends and in carrying out the law of justice so that he may not besmirch himself with a multitude of vices. Okay, so as St. Thomas is saying what the good news is, at the same time he's saying what it is not. We see three things the good news is not here. Number one, diverse errors. Number two, pursuing wrong ends in the moral life. And number three, besmirching or uh, staining, staining oneself blemishing, polluting oneself with a multitude of vices. So vice, wrong ends, diverse errors. This is to say sin, lies, alienation, ignorance. This is not good news. But what is good news in contrast to these things? Truth, number one. Number two, aiming at the right goal in our moral life. So it's very important that we consider at what target are we aiming in our thoughts, words, and actions? At what target am I taking aim? What is the end? What is the goal? What is the purpose of my thoughts, my words, my actions? And number three, part of the good news, carrying out the law of justice. So this is at once concerning what we know and how we live. Truth and goodness. We also could add to this pursuing beauty, which 
is part of the unity of what are called these Platonic transcendentals, truth, goodness, and beauty. But knowing the truth with our intellect and carrying out the good in the flesh, in our thoughts, words, and deeds. So this is summing up the good news. Maybe it comes across a little more philosophically, but this is about the good news of Jesus. What makes up our salvation? Of what does our salvation consist? Knowing the truth, making for the right goal, carrying out the law of justice. It reminds me of the passage from the book of Micah in Scripture that the Lord has taught us the essence of salvation, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. These kind of summaries are very helpful for us to come back to the point, come back to the feature of attraction, come back to the event of all events in human history, even in relation to our own small, seemingly insignificant lives. But they're very significant because the Lord unites them to his own. St. Thomas says further that knowledge of the truth necessary for man's salvation is comprised within a few brief articles of faith. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 9.28, A short word shall the Lord make upon the earth. And in a later passage he adds, This is the word of faith which we preach. In a short prayer, Christ clearly marked out man's right course. The Our Father, and in teaching us to say this prayer, he showed us the goal of our striving and hope. Again, in a single precept of charity, he summed up that human justice, which consists in observing the law. Love, therefore, is the fulfilling of the law. Hence, the apostle taught that the whole perfection of this present life consists in faith, that is, knowing the truth, especially through God's revelation, hope, making toward the right end or goal, and charity, performing the law of justice and love and responsibility. And in certain brief headings, outlining our salvation, St. Paul writes, Now there remain faith, hope, and charity. These are the three virtues, as St. Augustine says, by which God is worshipped. So this podcast episode is all about knowing the summary of the gospel of Jesus with the help of St. Thomas Aquinas. What is this gospel? Thinking of those opening words of this very short opening of his Summa, of the Summa, to restore man, to restore us human beings that our salvation consists of knowing the truth that sets us free, which has to do with the theological virtue of faith. Second, aiming toward the right end in our thoughts, words, and deeds, which has to do with the theological virtue of hope. And third, carrying out the law of justice, justice toward God, justice toward our neighbor, through love and responsibility. This has to do with the crowning theological virtue of love, or also translated here as charity, from Latin caritas. Deus caritas est, 
God is Love. Pope Benedict XVI has a great encyclical, if you haven't read it yet, that he published right after becoming Pope in 2005, called Deus Caritas Est, taking the lines from the first letter of St. John in the New Testament, God is Love. So when we're trying to share the good news of Jesus, what we call evangelization, it's important that we're able to articulate this good news, express it, first of all, by how we live our lives. And to strive toward the perfection of love by love itself, by divine grace at work within us, which will involve the forgiveness of our sins, even on a daily basis. We try not to sin as much as possible. We entrust our lives to the power of divine grace working within us. But if we do sin, if we do falter, there is a nearby remedy. Confessing our sins, receiving the penitential sacraments of penance, confession, reconciliation, and also receiving the Eucharist at least once a week, if not more, and as the Catechism teaches, the Eucharist that wipes away all venial sins. So through the sacramental life of the Church, we continue to be healed and restored. Also seeking the truth with the gift of our intellect, seeking it as much as possible. Every day is a new adventure to seek the truth with all our minds and hearts. To aim at the right ends of our action to carry out the law of divine justice by the grace God supplies. So thank you for thinking along with me in this fresh episode of the Catholic Fragments Podcast. It's always a joy to share the riches of the Catholic theological heritage, to share these together. And I do this so that my joy might be complete. Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness 